Welcome to the Better You Podcast, a show about maintaining healthy habits, living well, and the people who do both in their personal and professional lives. Tammy, thanks so much for joining us today on the Better You Podcast. Sean, I am so excited to be here. It's been a few years. I am so looking forward to catching up with you today. I can't wait. What's one new thing in the life of Tammy today that we should jam about? <laughs> Over the past year, I have been working on getting my racing license. So that's been exciting. It's been a lot of fun, a little bit outside of the office and my desk. You have to educate me. Racing license. Is this, are we, are we driving cars? Is this horses? A question like what, what are we doing here? Great question. We are driving cars and this is the GT Amazing. series. It is not open what? wheel, not what you see as formula one, many, many, many notches below that, but it has been an incredible challenge and I am enjoying every minute of it. Wow. How long are the races when you're competing? I'm not there yet, but they are anywhere from 50, 70 laps. It depends on the size, the length of the track, right? And then you have different um, different classes. So you could do an endurance race, which if you can believe it, you can have a team that goes to an endurance race and they race 12 hours, 24 hours. It's quite an adventure. I'm not there yet. Hope to get there at some point, but really learning and fine-tuning my skills before they uh, let lightning McQueen on the track. <laughs> I love that. that. That's of course, it would have to be your nickname, right? Yes, of course. When you think about that side of it, what does the endurance level take? Cause for me, I, I always have seen it as something where it just feels like a lot of mental concentration is required to be any good at that. Have you encountered that in your training and learning this far? What are the, the tips or things they're teaching you that could help in that area? Definitely. I think it's not far removed from whether you are putting together a great pitch for fundraising or you are studying for an exam. Very similarly, it's the focus that takes place that you really need to dive into and really hone that focus. But also when it comes to it, it's a very physical sport, believe it or not. So when you put focus and that physicality with a mental component, I think it, it gives you this entire package that is incredibly draining. I think it takes a lot of practice, um, is the best form of preparation. It's funny seeing those folks doing Formula One. I oh. never realized oh. I was very I bad at something I do everyone <laughs> every day, right? I'm like, I thought I was like, like, I know how to drive. And I'm like, I actually don't know anything about driving. Right? <laughs> I mean, those are just absolute phenoms on the road. Can you believe it? I'll have a better update next year this time. Very cool. Very cool. I can't wait to hear about your first race. Anyway, anyway. So when you think about wellness, which we're, we're kind of already talking about it, you know, having things that you do on your off time, having things yeah. that physically and mentally challenge you. Where did your road to wellness begin, Tammy? I've been an athlete my entire life. So I grew up playing many sports as a child and found tennis to be the path that I really enjoyed. I was inspired by it. I was motivated by the game and found path to success quickly as a junior. Loved playing and had the opportunity to play at the Division One level in college. And that's what brought me to the U.S. I found so many great um, habits and discipline through the sport that it's built the foundation of my life path moving forward. And many, many years later, 
I find a lot of that discipline, you learn to listen to your body a lot better than just going through your day to day. But understanding what works for you is very different to what works for someone else and how you recover, how you build strength, how you build endurance is very different how you do it versus someone else might. So I think learning what's worked best for me over the years has helped me to enjoy a wellness, not from an athlete's perspective, but having a good, healthy lifestyle. It's so important. And you learn so many of those things along the way and what works for you. And you've got to try so many different things to understand what works for your body, your mind, and your output too. Very cool. And when you think about your journey, you know, finding uh, you know tennis, obviously, what was it? Do you remember a moment where you first kind of sparked that passion? Did you have it? You know, some folks, I feel like it's the moment they touch that racket. But I'm curious if you have any moments from your early days that you remember on that side. Uh, it's one of my favorite memories. I had a neighbor growing up who was the club champion. He was much older than I was. He was so good. And I remember just wanting to play with him, but I couldn't get to the courts when he was playing. And he agreed to play in the street with me. So I got one of his rackets, old rackets, and this road between our houses. We would go and we'd hit tennis balls on the road. And I'd run, 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 so it wouldn't go down the drain. And I'd chase after the balls, and then we had to quickly clear the road when cars were coming. And then I remember just wanting to play, even when he wasn't available, And so I would hit tennis balls against our garage door and it probably drove the neighbors crazy, but I loved this and I just couldn't get enough. So that was for me where I found the absolute love for the game. That is amazing. I could imagine just driving people crazy. Like I could imagine living in that house, like your, your parents, right? Like you're just, yes, exactly. And it was, um, an aluminium door. So it kept hitting against that. And then we had a flat roof. So anytime, you know, I wasn't that great. And sometimes there was this wayward ball that went flying over the garage door and it landed on the roof. So then I had to go inside. I had to climb up this little wall, jump across another roof to be able to get my tennis ball, go all the way back down. And I mean, I did this multiple times a day. So um, for me, that was a highlight and really a catalyst for my love of the game. One of the other things that we have in common, so I'm, I'm an only child. I talk to people sometimes about what that was like in my life being an only child. One of the things I, I remember a conversation we had a long time ago about this idea of perfectionism. I'd love to learn about you know how that's affected you throughout your life and kind of where has it taken you from a career or a mental perspective as you think about that side? Because I, I feel like I've related to that when we talked about this years ago. I love that you put perfectionism in the same sentence as an only child. <laughs> yes, that's probably a quality trait. We didn't have any other expectations of people around us except the highest expectations for us. And so I think... Growing up, I just knew the standard was the highest standard possible. I didn't know there was another option. I didn't know there was a plan B. I didn't know any of that. So for me, I'm very thankful now, um, having gone through a career where my standard was absolutely so high that I set for myself. And it's not anyone else setting it for you but yourself. And really working to attain that and keep moving and keep growing. 
One of the things that I have learned over time is the point of diminishing returns and how to ship something instead of just waiting for perfection, how to get something out the door, how to act on something where it's not that level of perfect, it's good enough to be really phenomenal. And I think there's a difference between good enough equaling mediocrity, because that's my biggest fear, is that mediocrity, but perfectionism in that it has you reach perfectionism in my mind today is a high standard for myself and understanding have I given my best? Have I done my best? Have I tried my best and explored every possible option? But now am I in my own way to get this out the door and recognizing when I'm standing my own way, when we can actually move a lot faster. So it's this balance between perfectionism, high standard and speed. And so I'm finally getting to that point where I know where speed is really important. Um, and a, an A product is just as good than an A plus. So that's where I am with that. I love that, Tammy. One of the things, so I remember uh, playing a lot of chess. So my dad was a very avid chess player. So he'd take me out to tournaments and I was like a little kid playing. And I think, you know, about that game, it's such a brutal game. Like in a team sport game, if you lose, it might actually not have been your fault completely. But in chess, when you lose, like it's kind of your fault. fault. There's nobody else. else It's your fault every single time, right? Yeah. And so I just remember those pieces. But I love kind of that mental state that it sounds like you're in now where it's less about getting it perfect. It's more about am I I running my best race, right? Am I competing against Tammy from last year or two years ago? 100%. And am am I doing doing well in those areas. I think that's a really healthy way to look at it. It's funny. I hadn't made that connection though, between the perfectionism of growing up and then the work that we do in the startup world today. If you're waiting and waiting and waiting, you never actually ship anything. You're not going to ship anything. You have to. So I think speed is, it's so important. It's critical, Mm -hmm. but you can be fast and careless. You can be fast and meticulous, which is actually slow, or you can be fast and prepared. I think there's a difference between all three of those of um, finding that balance and learning how to trigger it and when to trigger it. Because there's always like, oh, let me do another round. Let me go through another round. But knowing when to pull that trigger and go is such an art and science that I didn't get it right all the time, but I'm really trying to get that, um, that harmony between excellent perfection. I think it's that excellence where my standard is, I'm going to give you a thumbs up, ready to go. And also fast because I like to move fast. One of the other things about you, Tammy, in particular, that I'd love to dive in on a little bit is just your positive mental attitude. I feel like I've never had a conversation with you where you are down in the dumps. You're always bringing the energy and the optimism. And I absolutely love that. I think it's infectious. What are some of the things that you do in your in your day-to-day that helps you kind of maintain and recharge on that side? You know, I find a lot of energy from people and I get energy like, Sean, you're giving me so much energy right now. I love it. I do. I get a lot of my energy from people, but I have also learned that I need to restore that energy. I need to sometimes just sit on my couch at the end of the night with nothing, no phone, no TV, I think I remember having this conversation with you. I still don't own a TV, Sean. Yeah. And (laughs) I'll just sit and I'll just watch what's happening outside in the world. So I really find that I enjoy that getting active. Um, 
been positive. I've I've been a positive kid. I think that's just I grew up positive. I always found a way uh, to bring energy. I think I'm such an empath that. I can sense how people are feeling or how their day might be going. So I love to bring that energy. I love to bring that infectious um, sort of joy and zest for life. I think it really boils down to my zest for life and trying to maximize every single day and putting everything into it and leaving everything on the floor at the end of the day to say, you know what, I really gave it my all today. And you don't know who you might impact through that day. Not everyone's sharing, hey, I've had a really rough day. I've had a tough Certainly. time. You don't know what people are going through. So even though there might be an inconvenience at the store, you don't know what that person's going through. Your um, rideshare driver might be having a really tough day and they inconvenienced you with a longer time. Maybe I give them zero stars. This is their livelihood. And so I think really just bringing the energy and positivity to people who could be inspired and you'll never know. I, I, I remember someone came up to me years and years ago and said, you know, I remember you going through a really, really hard time um, when, when your father passed, but you brought so much energy and inspiration into making a project worthwhile that down the road, I had a similar experience and I reflected back on that and realized that I could actually get through this. So you have no idea who you are impacting. So I try and I try and keep a positive mindset there. Not to say it's Pollyanna silver lining every single day. I, I do have challenging days, but I also know I have to snap out of it quickly or it can be a very slippery slope downhill. So I have to snap out of it very quickly. But it happens. I like it. I mean, if the world was all rainbows and sunshine, do you think we'd really stop to appreciate the rainbows and sunshine that we no, actually see, right? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, failure is a far greater teacher than successful empathy. Let's loop back. I want to talk specifically the, the TV piece. I had forgotten this, Tammy. I love this. So uh, <laughs> being more intentional, when did you make that decision? There's not going to be a TV in my house. I'd love to dive deeper there. I don't think it was ever a decision. Went to college did not buy a TV. You know, the exchange rate coming from South Africa to the US, you have oh, to be rough. really, yes. really um, con uh, concerted effort. I think I had a $300 allowance per semester. I mean, if you think about that, $300 a semester. And I didn't think to go buy a TV. You know, I needed warmer clothes. I, I'm from the Southern right, Hemisphere. Right. I'm in, in Kentucky. Like, what? So I didn't even think about it. My roommate had a TV. Um, didn't didn't really think about it. Left school. Um, didn't actually go out and buy or stand in line for a Black Friday deal uh, to get a TV. It just never dawned on me to buy one. There was no shows that I was absolutely dying to watch or riveted by and any sports I wanted to watch, I wanted to be around people. I wanted to celebrate team yeah. wins with people around yeah. me and I would go watch it somewhere as opposed to being at home watching it by myself. When I'm getting ready in the morning, I don't flip on the TV for background noise. It's just never been a part of who I am. And so one caveat to that is I am terrible with pop culture. I couldn't tell oh. you who 
actors or actresses are in different shows. I don't get little one-liner, things like that. So water cooler conversation about television or shows is out the window. Um, but I, I just have, I don't feel like I missed anything. I didn't watch one episode of Game of Thrones. So I am a complete outlier. Don't miss it. I still don't have a TV. Yes, I'll watch TV at people's houses or friends or whatnot, but it's just not a thing. But how much more intentional are you with your time in the evening or being around nature? This is a thing I, I realized in my own life, right? I, it's so easy to spend a bunch of time on on my screen and just kind of go down those rabbit holes. And it's 15 minutes. That's the cost of switching tasks. 15 minutes to get back to what you're doing. I get a notification from someone. I look at it. It's 15 minutes for me to figure out how well, to find how my to way back, back to what yeah. I was doing. And so I think about those device times, whether it's TV or my phone late at night, You know, it can easily lead me to not appreciate places that I am. There's a great park yeah. and a zoo that's three blocks from my house. And just leaving my phone at home and going there and being around nature, it's just yeah. such a liberating experience. Yeah. And I imagine without a TV, that has to almost be your default, which I think is spectacular. I think it must be. I can't imagine. And I think about this because even if I'm at a hotel or I'm traveling, I never think to turn on the TV. I think that it's been such a mental shift for me that I don't even think about it. Now, I can be more intentional about not looking at my phone as much in the evenings. Yep. I think I can do a yep. far better job of that. I know enough for that. And so I think there is an opportunity to do better, but it is such an intentional piece. I am trying to be intentional about when I am in a specific experience, when I'm experiencing something. I don't have to post immediately on social media or tell the yeah. whole world about it. I can do that after the fact. The world's still going to turn. I try and help my team understand, look, we are not launching nuclear rockets we are not saving lives you know we can we can put the device down and um, i think that's important too be present and especially those with families and young ones and i think it's, it's more important nowadays than ever because we are so consumed by digital life one of those kind of case in points that comes to my mind it was this year lebron breaks the all-time scoring record in the nba there's a picture going around i don't know if you've seen it everyone's on their phone trying everyone's to capture looking the moment. with their phone yeah and there's one guy in the front row phil knight the founder and ceo of former ceo of nike, nike. who's there just totally enraptured by witnessing this historic moment in yeah. basketball yeah and i go man maybe that is the way to experience this moment instead yeah. of seeing it through a screen that doesn't really quite capture oh all the gosh. nuance that you'd like it to Absolutely. You know, one one thing that reminds me about this uh, quite frequently is when I see an ecstatically gorgeous sunset and I go out and I grab my phone and I try and take a picture and I look at it and I was like, wow, it's not even close to what I'm seeing right now. And I try again <laughs> yep. and again and I just don't ever get to that. Um, and that's just one incredible reminder of staying present because your photo can't capture what you are looking at right now. And you're only meant to see that exact sunset once. And so that that is such a good reminder to me. So when I, I would encourage you next time you try and take a picture of a sunrise or a sunset and it doesn't look like it's supposed to on your phone, probably a good reason for that. You should just stop and enjoy it. Absolutely. One question, we, we talked a little bit about the the tennis side and kind of your, your trajectory there. How do you stay mentally fit? We've talked a little bit about physical fitness, right? Exercise. I'm sure you, your routine hitting the tennis balls against the garage kind of a, a thing. How do you stay mentally fit? Are there any things you do today that help you kind of recharge or de-stress? What do those pieces look like today? 
I am so glad you asked this question because we do not exercise and give the fitness and rigor to our brains that we give our bodies. And it is so important to do this. I can't speak enough about how important it is to do this. And for me, I um, I love to challenge myself with, um, it sounds silly, but I love the New York Times crossword. Uh, I love this. I'm such a dork about it. I love doing these. I think I, I grew up with in the magazine in South Africa and I love these little crosswords that were always in there. So I love that. Um, I think for me, understanding just clarity, I've noticed more and more. I don't immediately turn the radio on when I'm driving in the car to or from work because I went through this phase where we fill that time with let's listen to every podcast we can, every audio book, every learn, 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 listen to music, put on this playlist, let's curate the playlist. And sometimes just that quiet, doing that mundane task. So your best ideas come through your mundane tasks that you do over and over, the shower, walks. We don't get as much as driving because we filling our brain with so much. And so I've really started to enjoy quiet drives. I try and take some quiet time in the evening. I love to sit with a cup of tea and just look out into the world. I love that. I have a great view outside of the highways and just the city and the city lights. And I really enjoy doing that. So I think it's important. Quiet times, Sundays, I've never missed a Sunday. I love prioritizing the week ahead. So for me, that quiet space. And allows me to get ready so I don't come in on a Monday morning absolutely frenetic. I love that time. Uh, I'm not great at meditating. I'm not going to say get on a meditating app and do that. I can't personally vouch for that because I'm, I'm not great at it. I wish I was better. Um, but, but that's important. So just try not to fill your days with so much information because there is so much out there. Just sometimes process the information you already have. The driving call out, I think, is exceptional, right? The this idea of it, we have to fill every waking moment of every day with something. It reminds me of there's a it's a stoic quote: the time we intend to waste is not the same as wasted time, because you're still being intentional. You're leaving room for those new ideas, and if every moment is so regimented, how in the world will you ever come up with something new that you weren't already thinking Absolutely. about? Absolutely, and you look at these um, so many published articles of how the CEO spends the day and how they wake up. And I have nothing against early risers to get everything in it. But if you look at that schedule, wake up at 4 a.m., read this audio book, do this, do that. I think you, you, everyone else is dictating and determining your thoughts. You don't have time to process your own. So whether it's meditation, a long walk, a slow drive or whatever it is, um, Find purpose and meaning in those slow moments. It is so important to come up with those big, wild, amazing ideas that can captivate people. Shifting gears a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about marketing and sales because I know that's that's a world that we have spent some time in in the past and currently. I'd love to talk a little bit about human-centered marketing and sales. This idea of asking questions with the intent to understand, not, not to respond. Tell me more about that. I know you've talked about that in the past. I think it's so important because one, we're trying to move an agenda so quickly that we often as marketers have this idea in our heads as to what would be the best path forward, how to talk to our audiences. And life has shifted a lot over the past few years where 
we really need to understand we have fragmented communities nowadays. We have different personas, different user bases, and really getting to understand what someone's pain points are, what their challenges are, how to solve what they are doing and use then your product or your service to help solve for that. You're not going to know that unless you really spend the time getting to know what they are what their what they problems are. And marketers fall into this trap every single day. We come up with this bold, big ideas and we say, you've got to do this instead of really understanding what is the issue at hand? Are we trying to get new customers? Are we trying to you know, increase revenue? Are we just trying to get visibility? And really diving into that understanding is so, so important. I could not agree more. I think on the sales side, People think of sales folks as someone who's pushing their product at all costs. When yeah. really, I think the best salespeople, it's about empathy. It's about trying to understand oh, yes. what is this person going through. At my first startup, we had a customer who I met with who was looking for something very specific. And it was maybe after five or 10 minutes, I knew we weren't the right fit for them. And I actually showed them a competitor's product. And this person's jaw almost hit that floor, Tammy. They were like, what are you doing? This isn't your product. But they remembered that it was someone that I was someone who actually wanted to help them. And two years later, when they did have a need that we could help them with, they remembered we were the company that did that. And I feel like if we had more of that in the world of sales and marketing, oh, the, the places we would go. It is so important, especially from a sales perspective, because I think what's challenging is salespeople are trying to hit a quota every single day. And you're just dialing and dialing and dialing and dialing and not really spending that time to understand what you can solve. So it, it becomes a cycle where marketing is marketing to market, designing to design, and get as many, 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 many inbound leads as possible. So they get hundreds of leads in or thousands of leads in, hand them over to sales. Sales is starting to dial and it's the wrong people. And so it comes back to marketing, you're doing the wrong thing. The account execs aren't pleased because they have maybe one or two and far from qualified at that. And so it becomes this vicious cycle. You have terrible returns and results. And so I think it could just start with understanding who you need to talk to and why. How do you think about this idea, Tammy, of, of you know listening with the intent to understand? How do you think about that in your personal life? Are there things you're doing and applying in everyday conversations with uh, you know friends and folks you're, you're seeing on the regular? I've really tried to give the space and the grace to friends, family, whatever that may be, to really hear them out and understand and then ask questions and maybe say it back to them so that I really understand what they're asking or what they're saying and not just responding and not filling space. There's a great book, and um, not to use this in your personal life, however, Never Split the Difference is a great book on negotiation. And so I think there's a slippery slope between negotiation and getting what you want, which is not ideal. And so I think just learning to pause and understand and using that time, you don't have to fill that time, whether you're in the office at home or at a networking event, just ask a question and really, really listen. And maybe it's a follow-up question. And one of the best pieces, who did I hear this from? I think it was Sahil Bloom, where he um, recommends doorknob, be a doorknob question asked. So ask a question that 
and opens the door to learning more. So, for example, it's not, how was dinner last night at that new restaurant? It was good. Great. It was nice. Another way you could phrase that question is, what was the highlight of dinner last night? That then opens the door. They'll say, oh, we tried this new dish, the special that was on the menu. We learned the, the waiter had a special that was off menu. They gave it to us. Oh, interesting. What was that? Where did it come from? How did that play into the rest of the meal? That sort of thing. So I think doorknob questions, be a doorknob question asker. I love that. I think it's so applicable even in in personal life, but also in business. I used to ask this question of our BDRs years and years ago. I would ask, oh, you know, how many dials did we get? How many connects did we get? And then you just get a number. It's it's five or whatever, 50, 100, whatever. Instead of asking, hey, what was your favorite interaction you had today? And then people will tell you, oh, I talked to this person and they had this problem and it was interesting about this. And you just learn so much more Absolutely. than just getting those those yes, no responses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's tough. And, you know, sometimes during the day it works. It's like, how's your day? Good. And you carry on going. But there's so much more, especially in business and roles that are the, a BDR role is the entire um, motive is to learn more and to ask questions. Absolutely. I think that's 100% right. One thing I'm also curious about, I'm curious about the idea of personal branding, because I know your approach is focusing, how can I be helpful, not how can I be a a thought leader, right? How do you kind of maintain that authenticity as you're creating content and, you know, hosting events, doing all these different things? How do you still make sure you're focusing on that? How am I being helpful here in that moment? Oh, goodness. Um, I think the moment you think about how many more impressions and how many more likes you can get, you're probably missing the boat. I think you're no longer being helpful. As soon as you're thinking, how can I write a better headline for more clicks? How can I get more engagement? How can I uh, get more visibility? How can I get more subscribers just so that I have a larger subscriber base to be able to sell this newsletter ads or whatever that may be? I think you're missing the plot. And I think when you really come to it with you know what, I'm not really bothered about what impressions they are, what engagement there is. Let me just give what I know to the best of my ability and share that. You can tell, you can tell what's not genuine or authentic on a LinkedIn platform, for example, where people go on there and they are, click, um, I lost my dog today or um, I did the worst thing today dropping my kid off at school. And then it goes into this whole story and, and tries to tie it back into sales or business or something. It's clickbait. I'm already lost. I'm already aware that you just want to get a click on this. Instead of, hey, I learned a valuable lesson this week. Let me tell you about it. You know, but it's tough. It's the world we live in. I will say it's the world we live in. You have to get clicks. You have to get impressions. You have to get likes to move ahead. But I will say be genuine in what you are sharing. and. Don't be afraid to share what you know. They guaranteed someone else has thought of your idea or it's it's not rocket science out there. I think you can be a lot more helpful and create a community around building it or helping you move faster. Um, and I, I don't think it's, it's the worst thing in the world to share your ideas with people smarter than you. 
It reminds me a bit of when we were building the product here at Better You. I remember those moments when you had only, you know, seven or 10 people using who weren't us, right? Or our yeah. friends and family who were using the product and are telling you, oh, it's helping me do this or this could be better. Can you improve that? Yeah. That feeling of helping someone, even if it's only a couple people, mm-hmm. that is the fuel for the fire that you need to get to that next thing that you're 100%, trying to do. 100%. So. 100%. Couldn't agree more. And it is. It's helping people down the road. Maybe you don't know who you're impacting. And I will say, if you are starting to build your personal brand and one or two people like a post, stick to it. Don't think, oh, I didn't get 10, 20, 100 likes. You've got to be consistent, and that consistency will build that algorithm, not a catchy headline. It's be consistent, set an hour aside every day to really be intentional and helpful. Don't just post on people's uh, articles or posts and say, oh, I'm going to comment just to comment. Really be intentional about that and be helpful and add to it. And I think you have to be consistent. You have to keep at it. And if you are speaking – and you um, on a stage or behind the mic and there's only 10 people in the audience, keep at it. Everyone starts somewhere. Everyone starts with a small audience just uh, at the get-go. So it will grow and that consistency will grow and learn from it and ask for feedback. It is an absolute cheat code for getting better faster. Fantastic, Tammy. This is great. I, I love it. I've got three more questions. The first one, what does wellness mean to you? Wellness, oh, this is such a good question. I think it's it's um, mind, body, soul um, that is inspired to live a long, healthy, and inspired life. So I think for me, it's definitely everything entwined. Everything's working. Your mind's healthy. You're in a good space. Your body's working. You're so um you know, you're thankful for your body every single day. We take it for granted. And especially as you get older, you realize, oh, I really need to pay attention to this. I don't just, it just doesn't just happen. So you've got to spend the time nurturing and taking care of it. And also just the willingness to be able to live every day to the max. So, and being able to do that is wellness. I like it. So given that, what are a couple things, a simple tip that someone could use to improve their wellness? Find what works for you. Don't chase every hot product, hot exercise routine, hot class out there. Really know what works for your body, what turns it into an absolute machine that is unstoppable and healthy and happy. And and do those things more. You know, get a, say no to a lot of the distractions. Get those distractions out there and focus on what works for you. Fantastic. Well, Tammy, where can people follow you and learn more about the work that you're doing today? Yeah, absolutely. LinkedIn is the best place to connect. I love the platform. It's become a lot more of a community. So I'm on LinkedIn, Tammy McQueen, and uh, you can check out the work we do at VIP Ventures there. And I share a lot um, outside of the marketing work and the venture capital work I do. I share quite a bit about rugby. I share about um, racing cars. I share about tennis, golf, all sorts of things. And I'd love to learn more. Um, from others and uh, build that community there as well. Tammy, this is a ton of fun. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Sean. It is such a pleasure. I am absolutely invigorated for the rest of the day and can't thank you enough for the time. Thanks for tuning in to the Better You Podcast. If you're interested in continuing your journey to improve health and wellness, learn more at betteryou.ai.